welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Craig, and I'm the founder of Scottish Football Forums. Joining me for the, the 29th episode of the podcast is my sidekick. Hello, Laurie. Hello, Batman. Robin here. Trusty sidekick. Yep. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to the podcast. So we review the weekend's SPL games in addition to the League Cup semi-finals. Have a look back at last week's SPL match as well with Motherwell. Quick look over some of the transfer rumours and the deals that may or may not go through. And a look ahead to next week's Scottish Cup games as well. Joining us this, on this podcast is our token Motherwell fan who goes under the name of One Man Clapping on the forum. Hello, Greg. How are we doing, lads? Good to be back. Uh, good to have you back, Greg. Becoming a bit of a regular. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a few times I've been on now, so... Uh... The public demand, so you know, got to answer the call. That's it, especially it's folk from our broth. <laughs> they specifically calling for you to come back. So the ones who are looking for my address. <laughs> Remember, they'll pass it on. Two Motherwell wins in a row, so you're, you're bound to be on, aren't you? <laughs> That's why I've been on so often, Laurie. <laughs> so I was, I was hoping to get the, the podcast Pretty Boy on, on the show this week, but although he doesn't... He doesn't have a, 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 an appointment at his spa this week, but he's just not feeling too good. So he's, he's got a sick note in from his mum. So it's just the three of us. It's all right. Four's a crowd. That's my new saying. <laughs> so the first up is the SPL. So we'd look at the, the SPL games that have just passed. And the first game up is Motherwell against Dunfermline, which was a rearranged tie, which finished 3-1. In the, the predictor, I went for a 3-0. Laura, you went 1-0. And Chris went 1-0. I think I, I think I win there. I think I was the closest. So, Greg, are you happy to, to beat the, the, the powerhouse of Dunfermline? As I'll tell you, there's, there's no easy games in this league. But um, I suppose when it comes to Dunfermline, that's about the easiest you can get. We did well with uh, the man sent off. <laughs> well, apart from him, we had a man sent off after 20 minutes, so it was it was um, we were up against it a wee bit. But as soon as we get the first goal, we, we kind of looked pretty comfortable. And although the Fairland came back into it a wee bit in the, in the second half, we were uh, at times you were struggling to work out which side did the extra man because despite having the one man advantage, they they offered little in the way of attack, and um, we seemed pretty comfortable knocking the ball about. So that's one of the reasons it could have been a bit of a banana skin, especially with Craig and going off early. But it's a lot of good work, a lot of hard work for the midfield again and a jammer back in the, the score sheet again, a crank strike for Nicky Law and, and from Humphrey as well. So good victory, nice nice one all round. I thought the, the sending off had a big big bearing on the game. You know, As soon as Craig went off, I, I tweeted that that's uh, a big blow for Dunfermline. Their biggest goal threat is just... Uh, been ordered off the park, so obviously worked in the, worked in the, the home side's favour, I think. Aye, up, up, up in the stands the safest place for him at the moment, but it's funny because it did kind of change the game a wee bit. Before the sending off, we looked not lethargic, but it just looked like another sort of um, run-of-the-mill performance, but obviously we can down to 10 men, I think, every day get a wee, a wee joke that they're maybe going to have to work a bit harder, and I think perhaps that was... Um, that was what was needed on the night against a, a side like Dunfermline. So sometimes these things work in your favour, sometimes against. But um, it certainly seemed to work in our favour last week. I definitely find that uh, at the low level of football that I play, 
that if if you're a man down, then you do you do step up that extra gear. It's, it just gives you that extra impetus to to really put in this hundred and ten percent. Is that what your team say when you when they get you on the, on their side? <laughs> when a man down, we've <laughs> even started. <laughs> They've got to step up their game. Moving on to the the weekend games, and the first game up is Aberdeen against Dunfermline, which finished one 0 to Aberdeen. In the predictor. I went two one to Aberdeen. Laurie went two nil, and Greg you also went two nil. What about the the Aberdeen goal? Ian Turner, where was he going for that? He, he just ended up in no man's land, and for for some reason he ended up on his knees after the ball went over his his head. Well, if you didn't, you didn't see the Motherwell game, did you? Because he he made an maybe I'm being harsh, but I thought he made a he should have saved the first Motherwell goal and that. It kind of let the ball bounce over his hands, and yeah, he thought there he does look a better keeper than Chris Smith. But then again, I think I'd probably do a better job in goals than Chris Smith was doing. So it's yeah, it's it's a bit of, it's a big blow because it's, it's decided the game. And Dunfermline looked like they had a couple of chances, but I don't know what he's doing there at all. A keeper does not come for that because no. if he stays on his line, what do you think Vernon's going to beat him with a twenty-yard header? Or if you do come for it. Actually, come for it. Don't don't stop halfway. Actually, make your presence felt. Go up. There was to... no need though. There was no need anyway because no, the right. defenders are yeah. there. And as I say, even if Vernon wins it, you know you're going to have to put in some hell of a header to beat a keeper from what, almost twenty yards when he's on his line. So ridiculous decision, lost in the game. And Aberdeen will be pleased though. It's those kind of games that they would have been dropping points in earlier in the season, but they scraped the victory. And I, I did like. Um, I did like Turner's breakdancing later in the game. Did you see that? Oh yeah, Aye, that, it was it was actually quite a good save because I think maybe deflected on the way through, and then he <laughs> started trying to do a headstand or, or something. It was breakdancing, I could hear that. <laughs> it was like step up three or something. Oh, it was. <laughs> I, I I quite enjoyed sports scene when they they showed you the the blooper reel of uh, Chris Smith and Turner. I didn't see it. I only watched the highlights online, so. Uh, it was uh, just just a blooper reel, really, just showing how how badly both of them are doing at the moment following uh, Gallagher's injury. So moving on to the Inverness against St Mirren game, which was a nil nil draw. In the predictor, I went one nil. Laura, you went two one. Greg went one each. So Greg would have got one point in the predictor. Nothing stood out in this match for me from the highlights. Uh, aye, nothing exciting in this for me. What about you, Greg? I think both I think both teams cancelled themselves out a wee bit again than watch just the highlights and read a wee bit about it. The two two decent football inside, so I was I was kind of surprised there wasn't a couple of goals in it at least. But uh, the fact it was a draw wasn't really a, a big surprise for me. But again, it's a it's a it's a good point for Inverness again. You know they they need to start just scraping these points and, and claiming the table and they're and they're doing that and especially as you're talking about the previous result with. With Inverness still down there and, and Hibs down there as well, every every point that they get just now is just clawing them that wee bit closer to safety. So I don't think they'd be too disappointed with that. Again, having seen some a couple of times this season, they're a decent side. So yeah, a, a point there's probably not bad. I was I was gonna say I think it's it's always a weird one. It's almost like a good point for each side, but maybe they'll go through the the fact that they didn't win against a team quite close to them. Especially maybe Inverness at home, but they both seem to have some decent chances. I thought the the only thing that 
of note that I remember was that is it Nakpa or Ganakpa? I'm not sure how you meant to say it. Claude Ganakpa, you know, the new signing looked quite lively. I thought. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Hit the post. Looked like he's good bit of running. Looked like he might be a decent signing until the end of the season after he was released by Walsall. So that's the only real thing that stood out. But yeah, a reasonable point for both of those sides, and I think they're both safe. So they're in that position where, well, I say they're both safe. I think they'll both be safe. And they're in that position where a good a, a good run of results might push them into that top six, but I think they might both just end up being decent bottom six sides when it comes to the crunch. It's very tight at the moment uh, with Inverness on 26, St Mirren on 27, and then you look at Aberdeen up in sixth place, they're only on 29. So right now it's very tight. Uh, Inverness, they've got a game in hand uh, against... Uh, St Mirren, Dundee United, even St Johnson. So I, it's pretty tight. Who knows how it'll go there? I still fancy St Mirren maybe to make make top six this season. The times the, the, the times I've seen them live, they've, they've looked pretty good value for money and Inverness as well, and the bargain as well. And you, you just wonder with all those teams that are grouped together there and the difference between a, a top six and a bottom six financially. It's yeah. a big, big deal for the clubs that are in there. Looking at, looking at the likes of Dundee United's in there and Kamarnock's in there as well. You know, the, the difference between the the sort of um, end of season money, depending on whether you make that split or not, is, is significant for clubs of that sort of size. So I think as it gets nearer to the nearer to the split, there's going to be one or two um, crucial games in there, I think. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the split myself, but, but it does lead to a few quite meaty games in the, in the run-up to that. Uh, maybe we'll save that to, to closer to the split and maybe talk about the positives and negatives, but, but that's definitely one positive. So the, the next game up is Motherwell against St. Johnson, which Motherwell won 3-2. In the predictor, I thought St. Johnson would have won this. I went for a 2-1 victory. Laurie, you went for a, a one all draw, and Greg went for a, a 2-1 victory to Motherwell. I thought Motherwell will be pleased with this, getting... Three points, especially with, with Craig and Higdon out, and especially playing against St. Johnson, who are who are really challengers for the, the third spot, I think, this season. Surprised me that they're, they're up there and challenging, but I think a lot of that's to do with Sandaza, who managed to get on the, the score sheet again. If they manage to keep him, they might be able to, to push for maybe fourth, maybe third is, is a bit beyond them just now. But yeah, goals-wise, I thought Jody Morris... His strike was really good, especially since he started the, the move. And Lasley as well, his goal, despite it being a deflection, did look good. Couldn't have got any any more top corner than that. So you'd be pleased, Greg? Uh, it, was a, it was a really, really big game for us on, on Saturday. And a, a, a huge victory, as you, as you mentioned already. Craig was obviously out for the, for the red card last week and Higdon was sitting out his, his one game. Um, suspension for his for his gesture and, and you know when the when the sides were lining up before the before the kick off I, I sent my pal that I was there with I said you know that's just St Johnson are a big side in, in terms of you know physically big and uh, I thought I thought we might struggle on Saturday particularly at set pieces and whatnot because I think other than Hutchison and Clancy um, there's there's no one else on their side that's really got any sort of any sort of physical presence or height um, and it was it was a really good game I really enjoyed it. In terms of the outcome, I think we probably just deserve to edge it um, by 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 view, by view of the fact that we we looked a wee bit more dangerous up front. Other than Sandaza, really, 
Um, St Johnston for me didn't really offer that much. The boy Davidson who plays in the middle of the park was um, he was pretty poor on Saturday. I don't think he really got going. His head seemed to be down from the from the sort of kick off. Um, and I think the, the supply to Sandaza maybe wasn't where it could have been. But um, you know, when when Sandaza does move somewhere else, you know somebody's going to get a cracking player with him because watching him for the ninety minutes, he's just he's an absolute handful. Um, he, he gave the defence a bit of authority time. He, he dispatched his penalty well into the bargain. Um, so he's, I mean, he's. I think he's one that St Johnston are really going to miss when they finally, um, when they finally moves on. But from Motherwell's point of view, as I say, it's a big three points, and it was it was good to see our uh, Estonian hitman Ojama getting on the, the the score sheet again with a double. And as you've just mentioned, uh, Lasley there getting a, a nice looper to make it to make it three. So all the talk around Motherwell just now is is a clamour to try and get. Enrique Jama to sign up on a, a three-year deal, but whether or not that's going to transpire is maybe, maybe another matter. To be honest, I don't think we're, we're paying him a lot of money just now. So, um, you know, it's, it's it's four goals in five games, and there's one or two people sitting up and taking notice. So it would be great to see him signing on a wee bit longer, but if he continues in the, the form that he started um, his career at Motherwell, and I've, I've, I've got a feeling there might be a few clubs um, willing to come in and possibly offer him a better a better deal than, than we could. I hope not, because he's, for me, he's, he's he's the type of player we've been missing up there for a good few years. He, he's a guy that can create and score goals from from next to nothing. I think. I mean, both of the both of the finishes on Saturday. The first one was a half chance, and the second one was uh, was barely a half chance at that. And he's he's tucking the ball away. So really, since since Scott McDonald was up there, or or, or McFadden, or a Tommy Coyne, we've, we've just not really had that sort of player. And, it gives it gives us a different option, you know, because we Higdon been out on Saturday. It was it was noticeable that we could no longer play the long ball game that we've been kind of playing the last few weeks, and I don't think it's really been working for us. Instead, we're having to pick out a pass and try and play it through the middle of the field, and he seems to thrive in, in that sort of stuff as well. So, yep, big three points, and um, it's, it's another step towards well, hopefully, certainly top six, and, and maybe a wee bit better this season. I did think that maybe well fans were getting a, a wee bit ahead of themselves when I noticed all the Ojama merchandise that was uh, now available after already. I, there was a, there was there was a Twitter account and I was I was skeptical if it was actually him because the the language used was um, particularly Scottish sounding and it was just the the first one of the first posts on his Twitter account was a link to all these. Uh, these bad boys get these bad boys. These bad boys will go right <laughs> off the shelves, and it was like Ojama t-shirts and mugs and stuff. <laughs> so uh, I was had my doubts if it was actually him, but yeah, a couple of great goals. But I got to wait and see if he keeps it going. By he's looked a uh, looked a useful player so far. Cracking goal by Jody Morris as well for St Johnston. A couple of good goals through the game. Um, yeah, I thought Lasley's was they played a commentary from the. I can't remember who who it was doing the commentary, but they played it on the radio earlier, and uh, the commentator was getting a bit of stick on BBC for describing the goal as how fantastic it was. It may have taken a <laughs> slight deflection there. Archie McPherson uh, goggles on to only see a slight deflection, but yeah, it looked like well maybe edge it like Greg said. I didn't think it looked like a penalty for the for the goal that St Johnson got back, but you know it looks like if you sneeze on someone to too forcefully in the box these days are going to be giving, giving away a penalty so luckily 
I say luckily. I mean, obviously, I would have wanted Motherwell to drop points, but in the in the uh, in good faith, as we as we like to talk about these days, it wouldn't have been deserved if St Johnston got anything after that penalty. So, good win for Motherwell, getting a bit of a gap up there, and I think I think Greg's trying to be a bit. Um, I think he's quite trying to hold back a bit, saying, "Oh, looks like we could get top six now." I'm pretty sure Motherwell will be top six. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but but. Barring a barring a collapse in the second half of the season, I'd be I'd be gutted if he, if he never made the six. I think you'll definitely get top four. I think I would like to think uh, we we could still have a shout for third hearts, but it's that away form. It, the problem is that away form. We'll beat anyone at home, but when it comes to away, we can drop. I, I never think I, I would take a point in any away game, basically. So I think that could let us down big time because. We dropped too many, so eh, maybe we have a wee shout. But I think I fancy Motherwell will get third just with that six-point gap. Now, I mean, we've got a game in hand, but it's against Celtic, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, we're we're somewhere we're one game behind. I think I think we play Hearts on. I think it's two weeks time. We'll get some burn and then Hearts coming up, and it's it's up at Fir Park. And if we if we manage to get the you know the three points that day, then it's it's looking very good. But you know, it just takes a couple of defeats, and you know you're you're back there scrapping about again. So we're certainly nobody, nobody uh, in Motherwell and sort of experiences taught me this. You don't want to get too carried away. Oh yeah, I mean, it, it generally comes back to bite you in the backside. But we've, we've put ourselves in a great position to do it. Whether or not we're going to be able to see it out to the end of the season, I'm not sure. I'm not convinced. I mean, the the problem is as well with us, especially. It's 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 very frustrating because you saw last season where we managed to briefly sort our away form out. We ended up four points off the top, still still four points off, um, well four points off second rather, going into February. It's just it's always been our kind of problem. If we can sort our away form out, suddenly we're we're kind of pushing right up there. But it's just it's I, I, it it does bemuse me sometimes. I know teams are traditionally stronger at home, but. As we've quoted a couple of times, <laughs> Paolo says, you know, it's just two teams, a ball, a referee, a pitch. Yeah. I don't know. We always, we've, as long as I've supported Hearts, we've had spells where it did change briefly, but in my whole time supporting Hearts, we've always had this thing where we're really good at Tynecastle. We'll be anyone at Tynecastle. Even when the old firm come, you know, we're always confident we can get a win. When we go away, you know, it doesn't matter who we're playing, we're bound to get beat. It's it's very odd. It's very extreme with us home and away. So the the final game on the Saturday was Rangers against Hibs, and I always thought that the Hibs were going to struggle, especially with the way they've been playing this season. But with O'Connor and Griffiths both out, I wasn't really sure where they were going to be getting goals from. The game itself finished four nil, with goals from Davis, who got two, Healy and Luco. In the predictor, I went a 2-1 victory to Rangers. Laurie, you went for a, a draw. Your, <laughs> your hip specs on, 1-1. And Greg went for a 1-0 victory to Rangers. So I thought it's it's about time that, that Rangers got a, a a big victory under their belt. And Davis managed to get his second and third league goal of the season, which is surprising. We, we both... They've both been fairly decent goals. I did like Healy's goal where the, the keeper, Brown, tried to come out and I'm not sure what he was trying to do with that header. 
I'm not sure who he was trying to header it to, but you just you don't header the ball down like that, especially with the defender right next to you. And Healy done what all strikers do best and sniffed around and managed to to get the scraps and and slot it in the the almost empty net. Thought Aluko's free kick was a beauty. Thought perfectly in the top corner. Uh, I do I do enjoy a free kick that's that's almost hit effortlessly. There's up, Just down, almost... reverse, pace. <laughs> 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 one of those ones, eh? Yeah, was, was that from the the cup? Yeah. Up, over, reverse, down, pace. That's what it was. I, I actually, I, I wrote it down because it was so stupid. But, uh... <laughs> but it was a, a good victory, with, especially with Celtic not playing. So to close the gap down to one point at the top. So it's good, especially with Jelovic being left out because he was sick or oh, I... uh, transfer windowitis, I think it was. I love when they come up with someone like that. They've got a... Gary O'Connor's got a dodgy knee. That's what it is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a good win for Rangers. I, obviously, I can't back against Hibs, you know me, but Boyle1875 on the forum said... Um, what can I say after watching the highlights? I can also say I can't remember any other team in any other season giving away so many soft goals. If anyone can, then please tell me as it might cheer me up. Unless that team got relegated, in which case, don't tell me. But yeah, Hibs defence just parting like the Red Sea again. It's just, it's it's hard to pinpoint how you can be so bad. It was almost like Kilmarnock's defending last week. Just At some points, it just looks like worse than an amateur game and some calamitous goals. I mean, it's good to see their James McPake making a solid debut. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Red card and didn't look at all solid at the back. So, it ought to give him a captain's armband. I never understand that when you, especially if you sign someone who's not, not really played for the club before, you know, give him the captain's armband. That always, that's always a funny one for me. You know, it doesn't it really undermines maybe, who was who Hibs captain actually? I can't even remember. Yeah, it's a massive gamble. It's a massive gamble doing that. It's fair enough if the guy comes in as a stormer and rallies the troops, but when he's not done very well and he's you've immediately, you know, pissed off half of the dressing room and he's he's turning it to be chronic then could backfire on you in spectacular style and uh, I don't know, there's maybe one or two question marks getting raised over over Fenland here as well. It just doesn't seem to be doing the business for Hibs at all. Well, as I said, I mean, last week, uh, you know, James McPake, I didn't want to make too much of a comment because I've not really seen him play for a long time, but I just said that Coventry are absolutely woeful. I think they're still, are they still at the bottom of the championship? Just get basically cannon fodder down there and he couldn't get near the team. And it's, you know, I know the championship's a decent league, but if the team bottom of that and you've got a player who can't, you know, touch the first team with a barge pole then you're like like well well the first rather the first team won't touch him with a barge pole then is he going to be that good um i don't know he seems to be panic buying for me or panic bringing in players and i don't think that's what hebs need you know just to they had loads i think they had like 15 20 go out and they just piled in loads more players again who are unproven and it's just i fear for them because i think dunfermline are a worse team but I kind of think that Dunfermline have maybe got a bit more togetherness about them. That's where they'd expect to be. Whereas Hibs, all the pressure's on them because, well, I would say that's not where they expect to be, but they're kind of getting used to it these days. But the fans aren't going to back them maybe as willingly as the Dunfermline fans will. 
because it's Hibs and they expect to be slightly higher than 11th place. So could be troubling times. I still think they'll they'll stay up, but they need to improve. And a big win for Rangers, as he said, but I think it was all about just how bad Hibs defending was. Very, very poor. I'm looking at, I was just looking at the league table there and Hibs are sitting in minus 21 goals. Which uh, I mean, that tells its own story. There's, uh, I think Inverness are just above them in the table. They're minus ten, and then it's only Dunfermline that are propping them up with minus twenty-seven. So uh, those statistics yeah, tell you all you need to know about the about the Hibs defence. And um, like I was saying before, and you know, the thing with Fenland, the, the, the guys he's bringing in just don't seem to be improving things very much at all. And I don't know, I don't know what the financial situations like at Hibs, but you would think that going down for them. Um, wouldn't really be a very good option, so it might be time for them to, to maybe splash out a wee bit of cash and, and sort of speculate that they're they're going to be safe and staying in the league. I think at the moment everyone's sort of banking on Dunfermline going down because they've up to this point certainly they've looked like the, the relegation um, favourites, but I think that's a it's a risky strategy for Hibs because a couple of wins for Dunfermline, a couple more defeats, and suddenly uh, panic stations and you're running out of games again. So. Um, yeah, troubled troubled times down in Leith, but a, a good one for Rangers. Um, pretty comfortable in the end. I thought it might have been a wee bit tighter, but it sounds as though it's been a it's been a stroll in the park for them. And it's to be honest, it's a much needed win, especially after the you know, arguably dropping the points against Aberdeen last week. It was important to get back to getting some wins and, and more importantly sticking some goals away, especially with with Jelovic being absent. I think that's I think that's maybe going to give them a wee bit of confidence boosting into the in the last part of the season. So looking at the, the League Cup, semi-finals took place at the weekend there, and the first game up was Ayr against Kamarnock, which went to extra time, and Kelly ended up winning that 1-0. In the predictor, I went 1-0 to Ayr. I was, my, my decision was clouded by the fact we, we'd went for Ayr <coughs> in the, the Paul Band charity bet. Yeah, you so, uh, went with it. I went with Kelly. Yeah, Laurie went for a 3-1 victory to Kelly. So uh, if we were doing the, the SPL predictor on the, the forum, he would have got one point. Greg went for a 3-2 victory to air, a five-goal thriller. <laughs> Couldn't be more wrong. <laughs> See what I don't get, right? I was listening, this is before the game, because I think we'll probably maybe quickly touch on Kenny Shields' comments. Mm-hmm. I had this baffling interview with him where they kept he kept insisting the air weren't part time, and <laughs> but they are, and he was like, "There's no such thing as part time, you know." They keep, they keep people keep telling me that air are part time, but I think that's disrespectful to air. I was like, "Well, no, it's, no, it's not, Kenny. They're they're, they're part. I don't actually think they are part time. You know, they're a good team. They they play. No, it's not." It's not a bit of slang. We're not offensively saying they're a bunch of part-timers. <laughs> they are part-time. Their players aren't full-time. But I don't think there is any such thing as part-time. I think it's disrespectful. What are you talking about, Kenny? They are a part-time team. It just really irritated me. And the, the guy kept mentioning it, and he kept insisting the air weren't part-time. And I'm not wrong. I, they are part-time, aren't they? As far as I'm aware, air are the only first division team which are part-time. But I, I don't know. It just really irritated me. And then he kind of had the comments after the game, which caused more hoo-ha, which apparently I didn't, I mean, I didn't actually watch it. <clears throat> Thankfully, I watched uh, Liverpool-Man United, which although wasn't the greatest game in the world, it certainly sounded slightly better. 
Well, what was what was bizarre about the game was uh, it wasn't on TV, so I'm not sure why they they had the early kickoff. I don't know. Maybe to probably get... just probably just doing it to inconvenience as many people as possible. <laughs> that, that tends to be the that tends to be the logic behind these things these days. But yeah, I was I was looking for it to to watch it. Uh, to be honest, I was going to flick between the the Liverpool oh, Man United game, but yeah, it wasn't on. But yeah, from from what I seen the highlights and from what I read, the the air did really set out to stifle the game. But I don't think there's really a problem in that. I think that sometimes teams, especially teams that are are part timers, they have to to play to their strengths, and maybe their strength is that they can stifle the game and and maybe hope to nick a goal. I was hoping to get Chris on the, the podcast because I think he was at the game. So maybe he would have been able to give us a, a better report on it. Why was he at the game? Uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure <laughs> he who just, he was, was supporting. He was only at the game because the spa was shut that day. <laughs> was he scouting for the potential team to for Celtic who are going to play in the final? Yeah, he's got I mean, me down myself. I'm sure he said he was at the game. Oh, I, I can't remember who he was supporting. Maybe you it was might there. be right. I was just asking why he was at the game. It's, I wouldn't go to watch Jerry versus... Kilmarnock but um, yeah I thought I mean I can understand if you're an Air fan you might be disappointed because you know they've beaten a few SPL teams you know they beat they beat my team they beat a couple more SPL teams so to get to a semi-final um, against your biggest rivals and maybe not have more of a go I could understand if you're an Air fan you might think why didn't we have a go but then again if Shields hadn't scored it wasn't the greatest, cleanest goal in the world. If he hadn't scored, it went to penalties in air one. Then would we be all saying, you know, what a brilliant bit of what tactical genius to park the bus and play the game that way? I just think I don't have anything again. If Shields wants to say that, he wants to say it. But did he not? Apparently, was that not the first thing he started going on about when they interviewed him? You think the first thing you'd say after getting to a final would be to get into how well your team played, how pleased you are to be in the final, etc., etc. Especially with with Sun scoring the goal. You think you'd be cock well, hoop? That's maybe all. I just wonder why he'd focus on that so much. It doesn't bother me, but I can understand more from an air point of view why they'd be disappointed. But yeah, I think what take eighty three minutes or something. Did it say in the highlights for Cami Bell to make a save? Not the best. And although part time does exist, Kenny Shields, there is such a thing. <laughs> I think yeah, he maybe he maybe have a point if he made it a bit better that saying just because they're part time. It doesn't mean it won't be, you know, a challenge. They don't, they won't be able to put up a, a decent ch- a, a decent fight because, you know, Kilmarnock had been hammered by Dunfermline on their own patch the week before. An air, like I said, have put out a few SPL sites. So, yeah, maybe disappointing from an air point of view, but whatever. I, I get really bored listening to Kenny Shields anyway. Yeah, I spoke to I spoke to an air fan that worked today. He was he was at the game and 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 Saturday and I was talking about the, the, the she was comments and he was sort of saying well you know there was there was no way here we're going to get out all guns blazing you know the, the chances of you losing a goal early and then you know the you, you're up against it for the rest of the 90 minutes is pretty high the point he'd made to me was that the two lads that they had up front had put in a real shift they were they were bombing back every single time Kelly got the ball so I don't think it was it was as much a, a case of you sitting in and um you know, backs to the wall sort of stuff is, is just a team working hard and realising that, you know, if they were going to go any further, they're going to have to, they're going to have to stop command play and they're going to have to defend resolutely. And, and they did that. And you're right, if, had they got it to penalties and won, this conversation wouldn't even be happening. Everybody would be congratulating the air on a, on a great tactical performance and a, and a job well done. But 
Um, I, I watched the, the Shields interview on the BBC website, and it's just a wee bit baffling. I, I, I agree with what Laurie was saying. You know, if, if your team's just won a semi-final and you're, you know, you're heading for a final of a, well, I was going to say a major cup, but it's, it's a league cup, <laughs> you know. I suppose it's about as major as it gets if you're Kilmarnock. And, um, you know, if, if your team's done that, you'd be talking about your own team. And I, I mean, I can understand their fans being a wee bit upset about what he was saying, but if I was a Kilmarnock fan, I'd be just as just as annoyed. Who cares? Who cares what he did during the, the, the game? They're out. You know, it's finished. Move on and, and look forward to the final. So, I don't know. This is this is the second time Shields has sort of got himself into a bit of controversy with comments after his, you know, his um, his discussion about real fans after the, I think they beat, I think it was Rangers they beat at home or, or Celtic. Yeah, it was. It was Rangers. Aye. He's making this big play of real fans, and that's one of the reasons I think. Some of what the guy says has some merit, but I, I think he's needing some media training or something down there just to say to him, hey, look, there's a time and a place for saying these things. And I thought the the airkeeper, uh, Cuthbert, I thought he, he, he shone, really, in that game. The highlights I've seen, is even with the, the goal that they scored, they, they had to have three attempts at him and he, well, he seemed to be saving every of them. I thought, everyone. I thought he was, well, he got man of the match, and I, rightly so from what I saw in the highlights. I actually thought, he made a bit of a hash of it for the goal, but I mean, what his second save? Do you think he seemed to save second, it with his hands and then he hit his foot? And second save in particular, but I thought overall, he disappointed, especially after playing so well for the rest of the game. But that's that's the thing with being a goalkeeper, isn't it? You know, you you can you can play ninety minutes and make 10, 15 fantastic saves, but if you let one slip under you or whatever, then that's what people remember. Same with being a defender, it's it's the, the other way around when you're a striker, isn't it? You'll miss sitter after sitter, but if you can if you can scramble one over the line, then that's what they remember. So I think it's definitely it's it's definitely a more I think a trickier position, and it's a a less forgiving position to play in. He certainly played his part for air, and I guess they'll be disappointed as we've said. But yeah, on Kenny Shields, I think Greg's bang on. He, he just comes out with some things that you're just like, you just don't say that. And I mean, on the forum, I mean, it was a bit split. I mean, JB said on the forum it would have been cruel today if Kelly did not win. They totally dominated and Cuthbert made a few superb saves. Um, Black Dog actually said Kenny Shields is one bitter something. Lack of respect towards air. Then he said something else that I can't say. Um, but then JB said he's speaking the truth. Air went out with the intention of killing the game. Their only hope was the game going to penalties, but then that's just a tactic for me. You know, Rangers got heavily criticised when they went to Old Trafford and basically played a, a 10, well, it was like a 9-0-1, wasn't it? <laughs> but they got, they got a draw and all the English media were criticising them and it really irritated me because it was like, well, should you not be criticising Man United for failing to score? They were one of the few teams to, to get a point at Old Trafford exactly. that season. It was like on Saturday, a load of Man United fans were like, oh, that was that was rubbish. You know, Man United far deserved it. or much better. I was like, were they? Oh, I look at all the possession. I was like, no, Man United kicked the ball around in the middle of the park for most of the game. Liverpool never let them get to their goal. But it's like when you, it's like if you play Barcelona. I don't like how people criticise Real Madrid so much sometimes because they get 30% possession against them. So what do you want to do? Run yourselves into the ground. Run yourselves into the ground and let them destroy you in the last 20 minutes because you're so tired. If a team wants to keep the ball, then let them keep the ball. If they've not scored, then you've got no reason to go out and break your game plan, do you? So I understand from a team's point of view, if Hearts are doing it and we're at home 
to a team I think we should be going out and beating, I'll be annoyed. But then I feel that's my right as a fan of that team. I don't think it's... If you've beaten a team to go out and criticise the way they played when it almost worked against you, it just seems an odd thing to do. Just my view, though. So the the game on Sunday was Falkirk against Celtic, which ended 3-1 to Celtic. And predictions, Laura, you went for a 3-0 victory to Celtic. Greg, you went the same, 3-0. And I went for a 3-1 victory to Celtic. So I got it 100% right, but hey. more fool me. <laughs> no, 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 I'm disappointed about it because I didn't put it on at the bookies. I know, that was what I was weighing. It was a, <laughs> it was a sarcastic cheer. <laughs> yeah, disappointing. Did you notice that uh, Celtic had a a younger t- their team was younger, an average team age than Falkirk's, which I was surprised at when I highlighted. Was that because of Darren? I was going to say, <laughs> I, my my tweet by the time was it, it highlights just how how young Celtic's team is and just how old Darren Dodds is <laughs> because. I think the the Falkirk team was probably an average age of about fifteen, and then Darren Dodds comes in and just—it's like what Stephen Cragen does for Motherwell, just pushes the whole the rest of the whole thing up. How old's he yeah. now? Well, it's sixty-three or something, Darren Dodds. But I, I didn't realise that they had a, a a younger average. That's surprising. I didn't check. I mean, that's what they said in the radio. So it, it could have been Chick Young giving it the this the information. So if that's the case, it was probably miles off the mark but that's just what they'd mentioned on the radio which surprised me a bit yeah. but I... oh. so if you look at the the key points during the game I think that it's it's very easy to agree with Lennon and and say that the they weren't really in any danger I think that the Hooper had a, a goal that was was definitely onside he had uh, one player playing him on oh, a couple of yards it's so far onside, it's it's unbelievable. I think they hit the the woodwork a total of three times. Uh, one of those was Ronya when he hit a shot, and I think it hit off one of the defender's hand before it hit the the bar. Then Stokes managed to get a shot away, and I think again maybe hit somebody's hand. So I think if you look at the key events, yeah, Celtic did have it easy. I think they deserved a three-one victory. But overall, I was very impressed with Falkirk. They came into this game, they really wanted to play football. They really wanted to, to threaten, and I thought the the striker did seem a bit stranded at times, but I think that's natural when you're playing against Celtic, who who are attacking so much. But yeah, I was impressed with Falkirk. I was, I was especially impressed with the goal. It was a Higginbottom that set it up with a, an inch perfect pass and Fulton. That that takes guts to do that at Hamden for a 17 year old. I wouldn't have had the guts even at my ripe old age just now. It was weird to see a Fulton scoring with his right foot, but his, his old man would have been proud. Baggio would have been proud of uh, his boy getting that. So yeah, it was. I think Falkirk did themselves proud. I didn't actually get a chance to watch the whole game. I listened to bits of it. I was at work, but yeah, you're you're right. Celtic had a goal, and I understand how why Prez would be a bit annoyed at the penalty to a degree because. They never get given. This is the problem. Yeah, you're right. I can look at it and say, yeah, that's a foul. But what, nine times out of ten, would say, say nine times out of ten that doesn't get given would probably be an understatement. You probably need to get into the percentages and go about 95%, 99% of the time. They just don't get given. So I can understand that. But overall, in terms of the game, yeah, Celtic should have been ahead by then any, anyway. And... 
I think they looked like they, they ended up being quite comfortable, as he said, which Lennon pointed to. But I think Fokker did themselves proud. Great goal for young Fulton, and I think it was what we all expected. And obviously we had uh, Billy Dodds, which if, if people hadn't listened to or watched the highlights, which is what we referred to earlier when Stokes hit his free kick, Dodds described it as up, over, reverse, down, pace. <laughs> so... I just—it was one of these moments where it was like I looked on my Twitter feed at the time, and so many people said it, quoted it at the same yeah. time. Is Billy Dodds just saying random words one after the other? It was just—it was a bizarre way to describe it. So, um, silly by Presley. I—I I think he needs to maybe cool it a bit. He—he he, he rubs a few people up the wrong way. They were mentioned earlier in the radio. He seems to have calmed down a bit recently, but to go out like that at halftime and you know, do that towards the referee. It was just going to get him sent to the stand and it probably didn't affect the game, but, it, you know, you can't do as much when, although it, at Hamden, people did make the comment, it's Presley just sit the seat behind the, the one he was in anyway now. Because yeah, he, he ended up getting a pretty good view, probably a better view than he would have if he was at the touchline. can't come down to the technical area and issue instructions, so it was just a silly thing to do at halftime, I thought. For something, it wasn't that. It, it was, you don't see them giving much, but it wasn't the worst decision in the world, I didn't think. Really, Dodds didn't really complain. That, that says it all, really. It's it is a it's a bad argument in the game to say you never usually give those, but overall you'd think you need a bit of consistency if you're. It's like this problem with gestures and stuff. Consistency for me is the, always the main problem. Yep, I can accept if people are going to start saying, and I'll admit, if that starts being a penalty, then Hearts are going to concede about five or six every game because that's what Zalukas. That's how that's that's marking. For Zalukas. And if you remember Stephen Presley playing, that's how Stephen Presley marked players. <laughs> Two hands over the back, they can't move. Yeah. Oh, and... you see it, you see it sometimes two or three times just at one set piece. Mm-hmm. Never mind throughout a whole match. Oh, yeah. But but yeah, you're right. It, it's it is it's against the rules, so you can't argue. And I think it it really took guts from the referee to to make that decision because he knew that it's it's not given. And so I fear play the ref. Yeah, it would have been a, it's one of these. I think it would have been a, a more gutsy decision had they given it in Falkirk's favour if the same thing had happened at the other end of the park. I, I don't really think it did take a lot of bottle for him to give that because it's a, you know, it's given a penalty, penalty Celtic, so he's going to be keeping the, the masses happy. But on, on that instant, if, if you do the same sort of thing outside the 18-yard box, you're going to get a foul given against you. Mm-hmm. As soon as it comes inside the 18-yard box, if it's a corner or whatever, I mean, we've all seen it countless times, you know, every, every game you go and watch, and I don't think I've ever seen a penalty given for that, I don't know, possibly. certainly can't think of any instances in the Presley, short term. Presley, Germany, Scotland, Germany won 2-1. Just because Presley was on my mind, I remember him doing what he does in the SPL every week and used to get away with it. It was when he was a Hearts player, and I think we ended up with nine men or something in that game. Do you remember the game I mean? And would McCann still managed to pull I one back? Know. Was it not? It was the game when um, it was the game afterwards in Bertie votes when you could hear a Scottish player oh. saying cheats. You don't want to cheats. Christian. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. We don't know who it is. We don't know who it is. Christian, calm down. Chris. Christian. Right. It's daily then. That'll be the one. I I remember in that game. I'm sure it was Presley on Bobich, and he just did what he always does in corners in the SPL, but the referee. I'm pretty. I, I might be. I might be wrong. It was ages ago now, but I remember. I'm pretty sure we gave away a penalty, and it was Presley. 
somebody's somebody's needing to have a word with Presley though because I watched I, I didn't see I didn't see the game I just watched the highlights but they were showing these these um his confrontation with the referee at half time and it was I mean there's there's one thing to make your point but uh, I mean he was almost frothing at the mouth it was it was way over the top and it's a shame because he's obviously he's obviously put together a side that the Falkirk that can play some decent football so all indications are that he's he's going to be a reasonable manager but not if he does that you've, you've, there's, there's there's one thing of the manager is passionate for their team and shouting and balling and you know egging their side on but he's not going to do much good if he's up in the stand every other game and I think also the this I comments earlier this season towards Ross County and you know the amount of money they've got and it's just bringing up things that as a manager you need to really take a sort of step back and be above all it's very sort of thing, so. it's strange because Presley was always one of these guys on the pitch with his team you could sit obviously because I watched him for years and years he was really loud very you g'd everyone on he was really passionate but with refs, the refs would always address him. You know, his first name, he always got on with the refs. He was very respectful. He'd always calm the players down. He'd go and speak to the refs quite sensibly. Post-match, he was very quiet, reserved. I met him a couple of times with certain hearts things. And he was always very, very quiet, very kind of reserved. Didn't want to didn't want to say too much. But he seems to have changed quite a lot being a manager. It was never really seemed to be his thing to be kind of disrespectful or kind of get angry at refs, officials, or say stupid things like that. So... To me, it's a bit odd. It doesn't doesn't really seem the character of Presley from what I saw as a footballer. Even though he was always passionate towards his fans and with his players, his team and stuff, he never seemed to be the type of player to to maybe confront the ref too much. But maybe I just had the maroon specs on or something. I don't know. Maybe that's just yeah. <laughs> I think maybe maybe just with the pressure cranking up a wee bit. Certainly being in charge and being the guy picking the team, and the guy carrying the can. I certainly agree. I think that's maybe some people cope with that better than others and. Um, I think if things are going okay for Presley, he's fine. But you know, incidents like that on, on Sunday um, is, is is where he needs to sort of learn a lesson and maybe um, have somebody else go and shoot and ball at the referee and keep his place in the dugout. Yeah, but he's, he's got to come away for that game proud. He's got to be proud not only of the players but of himself and the, the future that the Falkirk have got. Because if they manage to keep that team together, then well, who knows? I think they're still still within a shout of getting promotion. I think they're they're quite a bit behind Ross County, if I remember Aye, correctly. I, I think I think County have got a decent lead on them, but it's it's, it's certainly not done and dusted. It looks as though this season, and um, County are probably going to go up, which is a bit of a shame. Well, not necessarily a shame. It's a shame for Falkirk because he's obviously put a side together that would um, would be good to see in, in the SPL. Whether or not they would do particularly well in the SPL is, is maybe debatable, but it would be it would be refreshing to see a you know, a team coming up and playing a wee bit of football for a change. There are five points behind Ross County and Ross County have got two games in hand. Ah, that sounds right. But remember, you're only, you're still, what, 17 games left, is it? Or 15 for some of the teams, 15 games left at least. You know, you're still talking 45 points to fight for. So, as we've spoke about with Motherwell, you know, Hearts, bottom six player teams try to fight, one run of four or five games, the other team four or five games without a win, suddenly swap places so I don't watch enough of the first division I, I do hear that Ross County are you know are very good on their day but you know you never know what might happen if you remember last season I remember Hearts being what 20 something points ahead of Dundee United <laughs> and then uh, come the last day of the season uh, we ended a point above them so yeah you went in a terrible run didn't you aye but less said about that the better 
<laughs> so it's the the podcast is recorded on a, a Monday evening and uh, the transfer deadline day is tomorrow, Tuesday. I think it's midnight, am I correct? Eleven o'clock. Eleven o'clock for Scotland. Don't know why, but it's eleven o'clock. Eleven o'clock, so do you want an early that? night for, for those in Scotland. But do you want but some Laurie's... news? Do you want some news right now? Right, give us some news hot <laughs> off the press, Larry. Well, not when people are listening, but Nikita Yelovich, um, a fee has been agreed. That's it. Now, definitely agreed. So, terms in a medical between the player and Everton. So, I've agreed. Yep. Uh, I heard it was... Oh, I've heard different reports. I've heard uh, 5 million up front. I've heard the, 3 million up front. The solid one, the solid one I heard was it was 3.5 up front. Mm-hmm. Um, two and a half over two years, and then a potential. So that's six definite, although only three and a half of it up front, and then rising possibly seven and a half, depending on performances. But I think that was maybe there. Whether that offer has been improved, I don't know. That was mm-hmm. I'm almost certain that that was the offer that was made at first. But whatever has been agreed now, apparently it's on Sky Sports, so it looks like a fee has definitely been agreed. How much that one is, I don't know. Um, the West Ham one, as far as I'm aware, was... Five million plus Freddie Picion, Piccione, yeah. I would say it. But the five million was apparently spread over two years as well, so it wasn't very much up front, which I think Rangers want and need just now. Uh, also, twenty percent of the fee goes to Vienna, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. That was, plus, I was in the paper this morning. Plus, they've no paid for them yet. They've no paid from yet, so <laughs> will Rangers end up with any money? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know yeah, if Rangers will end up much at all. Well, <laughs> obviously, we don't know what's going to happen with the, with the money if it does come in. But I did hear in the, the paper this morning, they were saying that Rangers have been linked to a bid for Templeton. Yep, I've also... Although, I'm not really sure. I, that he, he's, not the, he's not a replacement for Jelovic, so I'm, I'm not really sure why that was... I'd be... See... I don't know if we'd want to deal with Rangers on it because, to be honest, well, for one, are Rangers going to offer the money up front if, if they came in with a bid for Templeton? Because, obviously, we're... Part of the reason I think we wanted money for Wallace was, one, we need money, and two, we don't trust that we'll get the money off Rangers when it's O in six months and, tw- and 18 months' time. So, maybe if Rangers come up with an upfront bid, but phew, I don't know. One from left field that someone told me, which might be complete nonsense, was that Rangers were interested in Ian Black. And that would be a big a big surprise considering mm. how Rangers fans hate Ian Black, but yeah. more so than most other teams. Even. Well, I've got, on the on the Ian Black, I was speaking to a guy today, he's a, a Hearts fan, and he actually mentioned Ian Black to Hibs. That's absolutely... That's... Well, yeah, yeah, uh, it does sound it, but but yeah, I'm not sure where that came from. I think he, he mentioned uh, some Hibs forums discussing that, but I'm well, not a member of any Hibs forums. Touting Ian Black to the two teams who, who, who hate him most. I mean, Rangers maybe, because it's the fans, obviously, but Hibs, I mean, Ian Black is a born and bred jambo, and he's got, remember, he's got a year and a half left on his contract. He's not one who... And he's not on a huge amount. As far as I'm aware, he's one we're looking to keep and sort of build the team around. Because, you know, 
as much as everyone's been talking about fire sales, we're not going to get rid of every single player over the age of 21. As you've seen, we've, we've got Jamie McDonald signed for another two years, Mark Ridger signed for two years. So two Scottish keepers, Jamie McDonald, the former under-21 keeper, Mark Ridger's the current under-21 keeper. So we're, we're tying down some players, so I don't think we're going to be looking to get everyone out. But the uh, confirmed one was Ryan Stevenson joined Ipswich 50 grand today and... That's one of these odd ones where I think both parties will be absolutely delighted that the transfer went through because there's a lot of heart. I don't really agree with how much a lot of Hearts fans don't like him now, but there's. I think it's a kind of his position sort of became uh, untenable, as you like to say, because he'd made a stance, he hadn't came back. I think as much as I agree he had a point to make a stance to begin with, when he didn't come back, and the rest of the players were trying to, you know, have this show of unity. It kind of maybe disrupted that a bit. The fans felt he was being kind of disloyal for not coming to training. Not, and I think Hearts were preparing legal action because he was contracted and the, the complaint was over. Mm-hmm. So I think, although I've not got too much ill feeling against him because of the stuff that got put, he got put through and other players, I think it was best for both parties that he moved on because he'd obviously went past the point with of no, went past the point of no return for coming back to Hearts, and I hope he does well. He's he's a hard working player, and it's a good chance for him if he can, if Ipswich can maybe stay up in the championship. Fifty grand's a, a bit of a steal. Yeah, but see, a lot of people said it to me, but to be honest, people were trying to negotiate a pre-contract with him. His contract's up in a couple of months. If he'd negotiated a pre-contract, not only would we have got zero transfer, but we would have been paying his wages for another five months. It's not what we need just now, so 50 grand. Is, it's more than what we paid for him. He did us a good kind of turn when he was there, so I don't think it's the worst piece of business ever. You know, with the position we're in, clubs are always going to try and... Uh, some of the rumours, I'm just having we look. Andre Blackman, the young Celtic left-back, potentially going to Hibs on loan. It's one that's been making, doing the rounds. Well, I've got a, a Celtic one here, uh, Johnny Russell. A bid rejected, 500 grand bid for Johnny Russell, rejected by Dundee United. And probably the, the best rumour I've heard this entire window, and that is Miroslav Klose going to Celtic on loan. Who's, is he still Bayern Munich? No. He is with he Lazio. Lazio is. Does he get a game there at the moment? I, I don't follow. He, he has. I think, he's, I think it's 19 starts and about 15 goals. Aye. Which, yeah, when I looked that up, I was I was very, very surprised that he Why? was being linked to Celtic because I thought with the, the Euros coming up, I thought, yeah, he must not be getting a game where he is and he's looking to get some regular time, get himself in the in the, in the shop window, if you like, for the, the manager of Germany. But, but no, he seems to be getting a game. He seems to be scoring goals. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure why the... Second top scorer at World Cup, the the top scorer from headed goals at the World Cup, wants well, to move to Celtic. But wh- why would Lazio let him go if he's scoring that many goals? It doesn't yeah. really. Yeah, um, yeah, surprised me as well. But that was uh, that was the rumor I heard today. It's all over Twitter from what I've seen, but it, it may just be one source that started it, and because it's such an exciting rumour, maybe people are spreading it just like I am just now. Back to Yelvich, just um, your view as a Rangers fan, Craig. If Yelvich goes, I think Celtic have won the league. 
I think that's it. Done. Dusted. What do you think? Well, I think, uh, I think uh, it depends really whether McCoyce gets any of the money to spend. I think that right now Rangers need a striker but who, on top of who would Rangers, Who will Rangers bring in in the next 24 hours? Well, I, I honestly can't see it. The way Rangers are money-wise just now, I, I just, I, maybe I'll be wrong, but I can't see them invest a lot of money in a strike. I just think if they... I think that's it. I don't think there's... I wouldn't say any doubt. I would say if, if Jelovic goes, I think I think that's it. I think Celtic will win the league. Well, I think that, that if he does go, Rangers need to buy two strikers because right now they've only got Healy, who's fit up front. They've got Lafferty, who will come back from injury, but but that's it up front. So they need two strikers. They need uh, one one equally as good as Jelovic, and I would say one better than Healy, because I don't think we can rely on that. Who they got lined up, I don't know. Rely on uh, that. <laughs> it. Rely <laughs> on that. <laughs> Although he started to score. But, uh, but yeah, I think that we've seen it before in transfer windows, that, that managers have deals lined up, basically... Uh, one phone call and the deal's done. So I'm hoping that, that McCoyst has has a few of these deals set up. I think Juf uh, was one. It didn't it didn't really work out, but it was one that, that seemed to happen at the the eleventh hour. So well, here's one. I'm hoping I'm hoping that McCoyst has got something up his sleeve. Here's one that I'm just it's not a rumor or a link. Striker plays in the SPL, decent scoring record, wants to stay in the SPL current team potentially looking to offload his wage John Sutton Aye. he's on five Aye, I, I, he's on five grand a week yeah. Hearts are open to send him out on loan but I know that we I think if we send him out loan we don't want to have to be supplementing his wages I mean I think we would be more open to send him on loan to Rangers than say a team who are directly next to us if we could say that he can't play against Hearts mm-hmm yeah. He scored a lot for Motherwell. I think he could score a goal. I don't think he's, he's obviously not Jelovic class, but if you were running out of time, a player who you know has played in the SPL, scored goals, five grand a week, you could get him on loan at the end of the season. I'm thinking, uh, I, th- I think he could do a job. I, I don't think he's a a like-for-like light replacement with Jelovic. Oh, no, I, I mean... But I, I, think he, I think he could do a job, yeah, bring them in. What about Riordan? Who's he with nowadays? Is he still... He was on trial at Blackpool last time. I... Was he? Right, because because he could be another shout. I know that really? his, his attitude could be a problem. But again, I'm I'm looking at I'm not looking at a replacement for Jelovic because I think that Rangers need another striker on top of that. And I just think we can't you can't rely on Healy and Lafferty. Lafferty does turn it on at the end of the season, but I just don't think he can be relied upon. Yeah, this is when McCoy's has to earn his money a wee bit, because the the sort of rumour of the Zelovich thing has been has been dragging on now for it seems like months, and it now looks as though he's he's finally going to make that move. And and I think you made the point, Craig. You know, the managers have sometimes got irons in the fire, and, and perhaps players lined up. So, given the time skills involved in this, you would, if you were a Rangers fan, certainly you would hope that he's got um, a couple of names in mind. But it'll, it'll come down to. Um, I think it will come down to finance for me, really, because as we've, we've already spoken about, whatever the deal is, it doesn't look as though it's going to be a huge chunk of money uh, in one in one go. It's going to be a wee bit upfront, of which a percentage is probably going to go elsewhere, and perhaps more depending on, on, on how white 
um, you know, deems fit to be distributing the cash. And if you're trying to replace a guy who's a, well, let's see, an £8 million rated striker for £2 million and perhaps trying to get two folk for that sort of money, I don't know, I think you're struggling. Maybe, maybe a good loan deal somewhere till the end of the season, but... Um, I, th- I think Jelovic going's a is a big blow for Rangers, and I kind of uh, I kind of agree with Laurie to a certain degree. That might just be the that might just be the sort of final straw that tips tips the title in Celtic's Celtic Celtic's favour. Yeah, I, th- I think it is it is a massive blow. There's 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 no getting away from that fact. But as seen as as seen as needing an extra striker, and the way things are going, Rangers don't seem to have that cash for that extra striker. So if we can sell Jelovic. And although we're talking that the the fee could be in staged payments, I don't know the ins and outs of transfers, but, but more and more I'm hearing the deals that, that do involve staged payments. So perhaps Rangers could use that guaranteed income to fund staged payments for a, a player of a, a similar, I want to say similar fee, but I don't mean that. I mean uh, another £3 million player, something like that. Greg, would the yeah. club really accept... A Rangers uh, promise to pay at this stage. That's exactly what, exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> really? I, don't, I can't believe anybody would take an IOU for, for Rangers at the moment. It's Rangers like, took an like... IOU from Everton. Everton are, are maybe oh, no. not as, as close as Rangers oh, to, to the door. But... Everton, are just, Everton just don't have money to spend. Everton are in... It's like, you know, Hearts and Rangers aren't... I don't think... I think Rangers are... Rangers and Hearts are two teams that you just would not trust with look honestly we're gonna get this player off you we'll just pay you next player, right i mean God, yeah. it's, it's like the dodgy guy who's not the dodgy guy you lent the money to last year and you've just you just forgot about it <laughs> asking to it's just it's not gonna happen hearts and rangers you just i reckon it's money up front or or none at all it was something i was i was talking about at work uh, what, what does happen when a when a player doesn't pay for the, the player, if they've bought them in, in staged instalments, is uh, something in the contract that says, well, if you don't pay for them, we get them back, something like that. Because they must have to safeguard themselves somehow. I was going to say, there'll be some sort of legal um, clause in the contract where they'll be they'll entitled to redeem money off that club. I don't think they would I don't think they would necessarily want a player back, but they would certainly be able to hit the non-paying club with some sort of, some sort of penalty. <laughs> I was going to say... It's like wages; they just have to get paid each month. But then I realised that <laughs> <laughs> just not necessarily in time. Do you remember Mir Sad Bezlija? Do you remember when um, we broke our transfer record uh, in two thousand and six and bought him for eight hundred and fifty grand? And then and Vlad decided that he was rubbish and um, he'd been <laughs> he'd been misled, so said he didn't want to pay for him anymore. Do you remember yeah. that? No, I don't and we know. had to gank. We were going to have a transfer embargo placed on us because Vlad was refusing to pay the, the next instalments because he said the player was rubbish and he didn't like him anymore. <laughs> and Vlad tried to get out of pay for him, but in the end, they took us to court and we had to settle the full amount. But uh, so yeah, <laughs> if you're Vladimir Romanov, you can try and get out of it, but it doesn't work. The, so, the one, the one, the one rumor has gone a bit quiet. It's the Chris Boyd one that he now looks as though he's off to Portland Timbers now, doesn't he? Portland Interesting Timbers. name for a team, aye. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that was the one a few weeks ago that was getting touted as a possible return. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be getting some decent money over there. As Mark Wilson went to Leeds United, that's John, on, Johnny, on loan. Johnny Robb said, "Has he gone to Leeds United now?" And he has. He's went on loan. Yeah. So, I always thought he was a decent player. 
Seems a weird one. Too. Was he not vice captain at Celtic, or am I going mad? Um, oh, I can't remember. Can't remember, but he's been there for quite a while. Aye, aye, he's a decent player, definitely. But I think that the Celtic, especially Azagiri coming back, trying to accommodate Cha, Azagiri, and Matthews, I think it's going to be a bit difficult, especially Ledley as well, trying to fit into things. Sometimes playing a left back. So yeah, maybe just surplus the requirement at the moment, but I think that he's a type of player that you would want to keep at the team. Aye. Um, El Chappie on the forum mentioned, uh, haven't heard about Closa, Celtic apparently bid for Johnny Russell, not back. We touched on that one. Not clear whether that is before or after they landed Brochek, <clears throat> which is obviously the one that Rangers, um, Celtic got ahead of Rangers. He also says Celtic looked to have strengthened the score with three additions, no sign of the big busting centre-forward targeted. Lennon did hint after the game on Sunday there may be another one on the way, even if there isn't. I think it looks like some good business. However, as I said in previous threads, Neil Lennon has to be able to manage a squad and balance the books. From what I can see, he keeps adding to the squad with no one other than the young boys heading out. Although Mark Wilson for Leeds would be a great move for a player I rate highly. So yeah, it's the one thing with Celtic, they do seem to be amassing a gigantic squad of players at the moment. I don't know, because yeah. they signed that... Was it... I can't even remember his name. Signed someone in, in the week and then they signed this Polish guy so although I did laugh when Alan Thompson said yeah it looks good looks to be in the mould of Maciek uh, uh, Zarowski was that his name? was that his name again? remember the, the, uh, the Polish guy they used to have? oh uh, I, I know how you mean I know how you mean no, I can't remember Zarowski 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 Maciek uh, something but anyway yeah Maciek something aye I had that dodgy haircut that's very dodgy haircut, aye. There was, there was a bit in the paper a couple of weeks ago about the, the Celtic squad, and they can essentially field three separate first teams based on their yeah. based on the squad of players. Well, especially, see, when you look at their midfield, it's so strong there. When you've got uh, Wanyama, Brown, Key, Ledley, Forrest, I suppose you could add Samaras to that mix. You could even at a push add Stokes to that mix. Uh, Kyle, Missed him out. So there you are, that's eight players. That's, as you say, that that's two very, very strong banks of four. Aye. We'll just have to see if anyone else leaves, but you know, it's the final day tomorrow, although when you're listening to this, it's probably either past or it's the last yeah. few hours, but yeah, we'll you make... Can laugh at, you can laugh at all our, our speculation as, as Ian, Black <laughs> sign, Ian Black signs for Hibs. Aye, well, you can laugh at well, we'll review it next week. We'll review it next week, but we... Aye, we should probably move on. Don't want to yeah. speculate too much. Uh, we touched on it, I think, for two weeks in a row, the the Hearts situation with the SPL, and we had a busy podcast last week, so we couldn't really go into it, and we were waiting on the, the decision during the week from the SPL, and the SPL decided not to take things any further. Laurie, quickly, what's your view on that? As I said, I don't even know if we touched on it last week, my view was before... The SPL made an absolute hash of it by charging Hearts following the potential delay of a couple of hours and forgetting the fact that the player complaint had been actually had been so had been resolved, which is what they said they they could, the only way they could act. So my issue was the SPL said paying wages late isn't a crime. It, there's no law against it. What's obviously all they can do is if a player complaint is made, they can then act on that complaint and resolve it. 
they seemed to act on the complaint and it was resolved, even though a couple of players' wages didn't go until a couple of hours after the deadline. So to then bring up this trumped up charge against the club, just it, it just didn't seem right. It seemed like they were trying to get Romanov through it. And I said at the time, I thought it made them look stupid and I didn't see any way that they could punish us for it. To be honest, I still expected something suspended, but the, re- the resolution was that, oh, actually, you know how we said last week it wasn't in good faith? Well, we've decided actually now that it was in good faith. I thought they just looked really stupid. I heard the hearts turned up to Hamden, they lawyered up, basically said, made the SPL realise that they had absolutely no legal ground to do anything, so the SPL had to kind of backtrack, and I just thought it made them look really stupid. And the problem is now, for me, the complaint has had to be closed, the case has to be dismissed completely. If next month or the month after the wages are late, we're then at the process where we have to wait the weeks or months until there's a complaint and then start over. Whereas last week, what they could have done, they could have went, right, the wages are in, the players are happy, so for now, we're going to monitor the situation and keep it open. And we'll see what happens mm-hmm. next month. But what they did for the sake of a couple of hours, they tried to go for the jugular, get us with a charge. It was never going to stick. And now, for, from my view, they've not really helped the players out because if it happens again soon, they have to start over. And they've made themselves look pretty stupid. Yeah, I, I don't think either side comes out of this looking particularly particularly clever. To be honest, the SPL have, have made themselves look like a shower of dicks in the last <laughs> week or so, to be, to, be, to be perfectly frank with you. <laughs> Um, and I think the, the, I mean this whole this whole charge that they come up with originally, but I think there was always question marks over that. But um, I, I can't make my mind up. I'm not sure whether they've maybe just got to the point where they've said, you know what, we're sick of this as well. So yeah. we're going to put it down in paper and say, you know what, there isn't a rule for paying paying players late. You can do what you like. And next month, if your wages aren't aren't paid in time. Don't come and complain to us because they're essentially making a complaint against something which isn't a rule. So, well, I think the SPL are entitled to come back and say, hey, we did this last month and we copped a whole load of flack over it. We've stated up front this is not a rule, so go and take your complaint to Mr. Ronoff because we ain't fixing it this well, time. Well, what is, is, is there's not a... There's, they, have to, they have to meet player contracts, and I presume that wages can be covered within that because within the contract, I presume it says how much they're getting paid. But what I mean is under SPL, there isn't an SPL law to say paying your players to five hours after their payment date isn't against the rules. Um, so a player has to make a complaint because they don't monitor the players' banks for contracts. On, but So if a player makes a complaint, they can then work with it. Maybe there should be something more specific. But I think I think they just made a mess up because hearts were baffled apparently because they worked really hard to get the funds together to try and make sure they could pay the wages. And they process it that day. So to then pick fault with it because it was processed, a lot went in on time, but because of different banks and because of the whatever some went in after. And you know they can claim it was brinksmanship or gamesmanship, whatever want for Romanov but I don't think they can prove that. I don't think they can prove that Hearts deliberately waited till that day to pay it. Maybe they did I don't know. They can't prove that so if they think the team's struggling then I think they've got to try and work with them rather than work against them. So, yeah, by no means am I saying Hearts came out this looking rosy. I mean, we've looked bad from the start, but I don't think anything changed, if you know what I mean. I think we knew the position last week for Hearts. For some reason, the SPL, nothing's changed, yet the SPL now have had to say, no, actually, we were wrong. You did act in good faith. It's like getting the bad kid in and go, right, right, we think you, did you deliberately put the chewing gum in our hair? 
no, no, I didn't. Right, no, you're lying. They get the parents in later. Actually, no, sorry, it was an accident. There's nothing else has changed. They've just decided that they can't prove what they what they claimed yeah. in the first place. So last week we had our Paul Ban charity bet, and we continued our, our new theme where we put on an accumulator, and the bet we had on was Aberdeen, Inverness, Celtic, Rangers, and Ayr. Inverness drew, so that was a loser there, and Ayr lost. So, that was £5 down the drain, unfortunately. So this week, I was thinking that we could pick our Paul Ban based on the, the Scottish Cup games coming up at the weekend, because there's there's no SPL. So I thought we'd go through the Scottish Cup games and see if we could pick out matches to add to the accumulator. Yep. Laurie, have you got your, your bookies open to try and give us a, a wee bit of a steer for odds because we're wanting to try and win millions? Aye, we'll, we'll do this. So we'll go through it game at a time and we'll make our prediction and also decide if we'll put that on the accumulator. We'll combine the two. Yeah, Kill two yeah. birds with one stone. That's it, yep. And what we'll do is, rather than giving score lines for the, the Scottish Cup, we'll maybe just say uh, home, away or a draw. Aye. Yeah, so the, the first game up is a 12.45 kickoff live on Sky Sports 3 and that is Inverness against Celtic and I'm going to go for an away win. Me too. Yeah, make that three. Right, that's an obvious one for the Paul Band there. Aye. The next game up is Aberdeen against Queen of the South. I'm going to go for a home victory. Aye, me too. Can I see... I think Queen of South have been struggling quite a bit in the first division this season. I know Aberdeen have a bad record against the, the lower division teams, but I think they've been on a good run of form. I think it's just one defeat in nine or something, is it? So, yeah, I'll go home win for that as well. Yeah, I'd love I'd love to see anything other than a home win, but I don't, <laughs> I don't, think, I don't think it's likely Aberdeen are, are picking up pace, so another home win. Right, I think that's another one there. So add Aberdeen to the, the Paul Band. Mm-hmm. Next one is Ayr against Falkirk, and I'm going to go for an away win. I was impressed with Falkirk at the weekend. I will see if Ayr play a, a 10 men at the back again and try and... No. Um, oh, yeah. I think Ayr are a bit better at home, looking at Falkirk's away. They've not as strong away from home, but I'll go for it. I'll go away win as well. Oh, well, not really matter. I'll punt for a draw. I think I think he like their cup days done it done at Somerset, so I think it might be a score draw. Well, are we gonna go with that one or not then? Uh, well, I think we should maybe leave that one just now. We'll I was I was end. almost gonna do, uh, give a draw, but because uh, I he's right, Greg. They are they are um they are good at home here. They do like to get results there, so we'll leave that one for now. Leave it just now. The next one up is Hibs against Kelly. And hmm, rubbish <laughs> against rubbish. I'm not really sure what happens there if they cancel each other out. Well, Hibs are going to lose goals. Kelly have shown this season that they, they can lose goals, but they've shown that they can potentially score as well. I assume that O'Connor and Griffiths will be back for Hibs. Hmm, right, I'm just going to go for a cancellation here. I'm going to go for a draw. Mm. Ah. We know I never bet against Hibs, so <clears throat> I'd probably go draw as well, to be honest, I think. Right. Yeah. 
I was uh, I was going to go Hibs because I think I think they might find themselves in one of these situations where they're in the latter stages of the cup and about to tumble out the league at the same time. So I'm going to punt for Hibs in this one. The next game up is Motherwell against Morton. Easy home win for me. Easy away win. I'm only joking. Uh, aye. 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 Just aye. <laughs> aye. Aye. Aye, aye. No, aye. Home win. Home win. Aye. <laughs> aye. Same for me. Home win. I think they'll need to put another digit in the scoreboard at Fir Parks. It'll probably be a <laughs> score. Come the weekend, I think we'll put, we'll put five or six past them. Home win. Right. So I add Motherwell to the list. Lorette. <sighs> yep. St Mirren versus Ross County is the next game up. This is going to be, this is a tough one to predict. I fancy I think away, I, away straight off. I fancy. Do you? St Mirren haven't been that great. No, recently. no, they've, they've got the home advantage. That's the thing. Mm. Have St Mirren not been better away from home though this season? Um, or maybe I'm just making up. I don't know. But I can't, I can't think. I'm going to go home win. <laughs> go with my instincts. I fancy away still. I'm going to go away, St Mirren. Let me just look away, home away, home away, home away. No, slightly better at home. They've lost the same. I'm going to go away win. I fancy Ross County to do it. I think I might go with Ross County as well. Um, they're doing well in that division and well, maybe we've got a point to prove if they think they're, they're coming up next season. So I fancy, I fancy the Dingwall side in it. I think we should keep that, that one up our sleeves there. I think it could be a, a good bet there for Ross County away. But we'll see how it goes for the, the final two games. Yep. The, on the Sunday, the live game on BBC One Scotland kicks off at 12.15. That's Rangers against Dundee United. Dundee United always put up a good fight at, at Ibrox, but I'm going to go go with my heart and I'm going to go for a Rangers victory. So it's a home. I'll home go, one. I'll go with your heart as well. I think Dundee United have been pretty poor recently, a bit inconsistent this season. I don't think it'll be an easy win for Rangers, not as easy as playing Hibs, but yeah, I fancy Rangers to go through on the day. I don't think they'll want to slip up because it could be their last chance at winning a trophy soon. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think this is one they need to win as well. Um, to be guaranteed some well guaranteed to have a chance of some silverware. And I agree, Dundee United are are a bit hit and miss at the minute, so it should be a, I think it should be a fairly comfortable home one. Right. Add Rangers to the, the Paul band. Mm-hmm. And the final game is Hearts versus St Johnson. Everyone knows I'm a big fan of Sandaza. Really? But I think that uh, I, it might surprise you, Laurie, but yeah. Uh, I think that I'm going to go for a home win. I think the Hearts are going to be too good at Tynecastle. Home. I will. We'll just see who's left um, after the potential, um, the potential revolving door. Well, revolving one-way door that uh, could uh, be open tomorrow. The transfer window closes, but I don't think we'll lose a huge amount of players. Touch wood. Nelson does as a possibility to to leave St. John's. Obviously, Rangers have made their, their feelings clear. They didn't mention in the, the, the transfer rumours. But if, yeah, we love you, Sandaza. But if <laughs> uh, Jelovic leaves, maybe there could be a, a, a decent bid put in for, for Sandaza. Mm. So, yeah, both teams could really be losing players. 
see, we've got we've got Celtic three days after. We see we're notorious for being bad in the cup these days. We St Johnson beat us last season. Oh, I'm gonna have to go Hearts because uh, you know me, I'm biased, but I'm not overly confident. I have to say, I wouldn't be hugely surprised if it ended in a draw. But oh God, we're at home. We need to bounce back. Now. We were rubbish our last game. We're gonna bounce back. Scatchel's gonna be given a new 25-year contract, and he's gonna score seven goals. <laughs> Easy peasy. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Again, if 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 the fixture had been reversed, I might have been more tempted by St Johnston. But I mean, Hearts' home form recently has been no bad. It's been been sticking the goals away. No bad. And if if, uh, if St Daza does go, I think I think the backside's going to fall out of St Johnston's season. Uh, so yeah, probably a tight home win. All right, so that's three home wins. So we're adding Hearts to the list. Aye, so the moment I've got Hearts, Rangers, Motherwell, Aberdeen, and then the Celtic away, but yeah. we're only looking at we're only looking at odds of five and a half at the moment. Oh, that's rubbish! Right, <laughs> right, that's not going to win a million. So right, we've got three games left. We've got St Mirren County, Hibs Kelly, Air Falkirk, but there wasn't a there wasn't put a put in Ross County, I think. Right, Ross County, that's put us up to 21s. <laughs> that's right up to 21. We all know I'm rubbish at predicting. So I was the one that went for the home, you both went away. So I had Ross County. And well, if that's. Well, it's up to 21. We don't want to. Do we really want to risk it on Hibs Kelly or Air Falkirk? No. I think 21's fine because we're putting on a fiver. Aye. Just go with that then. So go Inverness, Ross County, Aberdeen, Motherwell, Rangers, and Hearts. You know there's bound to be a draw within one of them. No, Celtic. Aye, sorry. You said Inverness. I I meant the Inverness game. (laughs) Celtic, (laughs) County, Aberdeen, Mullerwell, Rangers, Hearts. All right, hopefully we can get some money for charity from that. Stick it on. Yep. So I thought I'd I'd give a wee congratulations to somebody in the forum for winning the, the predictor prize for January. Uh, congratulations to Big Blue Nose Bear. He won £20 and he donated it to charity, which was good of him. What charity? Save the Rangers? It was <laughs> Cancer Research. Alright, okay. That's a, bit, that's a bit better. Fair play to him. But yeah, so the that's the, the January prize given out. So the February brings a, another prize of £20. The SPL predictor is free to enter for registered members of Scottish Football Forums. And you could register for the forum using your Twitter account or your Facebook account or just using your email address and a password. The URL is forums.scottishfootballforums.co.uk. The predictor has a £20 monthly prize as well as a £100 season-long prize but I think the, the season-long prize, I think El Chapi seems to be doing really well in that. He's sitting with 123 points, with Big Blue Nose Bear in second place on 112. And to to prove how poor I am at this, I've only got 78 points, which is rubbish. Laurie, you're normally doing pretty well in this. I'm not, I'm not looked. You're on 88 points 
That's all right. Uh, your thirty third joint thirty third. Greg. <laughs> I've stopped playing. Uh, <laughs> Taking his ball and went here. I stopped. I stopped playing in October. Uh, you, you, you say that, but I'm, I'm just looking at it. The, the back end database, and it looks like you've predicted every single match. <laughs> you've only got 25 points. You're in the 110th, 110th place. Out of how many? Oh, well, I don't know. Uh, 111. 196. That's all right. Might make the top six. Might make the split still. <laughs> as long as I don't get relegated. It's all right. <laughs> As the Motherwell fans view, sitting in third, like, I think we're safe now. We're not going down. <laughs> you better believe it. <laughs> so I, now's a good time to join the predictor if you're, if you're wanting to win that £20. You stack my predictions in. <laughs> Aye, so well, that, that brings us to the end of the, the podcast. I think it's been a good one. With the, the transfer rumours being a standout for me, I think it's an exciting time. I think the, the transfer window has a lot of negatives, but I think the, the final day... Exciting for is, who? You support Rangers and I support Hearts. <laughs> it's exciting for everyone else. It's nervous. Who's leaving? We got rid of Ortiz. Rangers got rid of Ortiz. He's out on loan, so that's, that's positive. He was fantastic, yeah. What a signing he was. Yeah. <laughs> Did Rangers pay any money for him? Can't, can't remember a fee being mentioned. I'm not sure. But yeah, if you, uh, that's us for this week. And, and hopefully next week, Laurie can, can maybe give us another impression of Kenny Shields. To give us some amusement. It was far too exciting. Uh, I need to. I need to tone it down a bit for Kenny Shields. <laughs> <laughs> but I liked it because, Laurie, you don't normally give an impression. But yeah, like I'm. I want to see a theme develop. And thanks a lot for coming on, Greg. No bother, lads. Anytime. Right. Cheers. Thanks. Bye. See you later.